0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message.
1: Everyone, welcome to Transform Church Online, and welcome to the second session of our series, Faithful. Now, we are here to answer tough questions about faith anything and everything surrounding faith. We thank you so much for those of you who have sent in your questions. We can't wait to answer them, but let's dive straight into today's questions. So pastor, what is one thing that you do to strengthen your faith? I know reading the word and praying to God is very important, but could you expand on that? Sure.
0: So let me just define as we're talking about faith, you know, um, as I said before, faith is not hope and faith is not optimism. Faith is trusting God for who he is. But one of the amazing things that Jesus did to define faith, and that's relevant to us and it's so important that we we actually expand this, is if you remember just before the crucifixion, Jesus was spending time with his disciples and he was talking a lot about, you know, what was going to happen in the future and things like that. Mm -hmm. Of course, the disciples were very concerned and very worried because, you know, They'd walked with Jesus for three years and they wasn't sure what was going to happen next, you know. Even though Jesus had told them a number of times that he was going to go to the cross, they were still confused, they were worried, they were uncertain of their future and all these things. And this is what he says to them in John. He says, don't let your hearts be worried, right? Mm -hmm. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he continues with this scripture that we know famously. He says, in my father's house, there's many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you where I'll be, you'll be also. But we missed that first important part where he says, you believe in God, believe also in me. And it's significant because it's almost blasphemous because remember, these were Jewish men. Mm. And they already believed in God. And so when he's saying "Believe in you believe in God, he's not saying just you believe that God exists. That's not what he's saying. He's saying you believe in him, who he is. You believe in him. And then he lifts himself up onto the same level, Mm. right? And so he says, God exists and you believe in him. I'm at the same place. You believe in me in the same way you believe in God. Mm. Right, and for these men that were very monotheistic, meaning they believed in Jehovah, Jesus saying, "I'm on the same level of Him" is almost, you know, blasphemy. Mm. But he's saying that because remember earlier he they asked him, um, Jesus, show us the Father. You know, uh, if we can see the Father, then we'll know. And Jesus says to them, "Well, if you've seen me, you've seen mm. the Father." Mm. Right. So what he's saying here is that. He's trying to present himself as the object of faith, mm-hmm. right? So faith is, has to have an objective, and he's saying, I should be the object. So he invites people to believe in him,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And so it's not just believing in something or just having faith. It's believing in Jesus. Mm. And so he presents himself or he positions himself to be the objects of people's faith. And the same for us. We have to believe in him, right? Mm. And so when he becomes the object of our faith, when we put our focus on him, Mm. right, and not just on any other things, he's saying, well, that's who God is. If you see me and you believe in me, it's just the same way of believing God Mm. because that's the object of your faith. And so When you think about that, you're saying, well, how do we strengthen our faith? Well, it's the same thing. We believe in Jesus because he is the epitome of who God is. If you want to know what God is like, Mm -hmm. well, read the Gospels, because Jesus is a picture of who God is and what he's like. And so how do we build our faith? Well, we get to know who Jesus is. And when we get to know what he's like, his character, what he values, what he concerned about, how he goes out of his way to help people, to love people, to embrace people, to bring people into that fellowship, that's who God is. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we're putting our faith in God in the same way and saying, well, Jesus is the picture of what God is like. He's a caring God. He's a compassionate God. He's a forgiving God. He is a gracious God. He's a faithful God, all these things. And when we think about those things, our faith begins to grow because it's not just some random thought about, you know, some mystical thing out there. We're actually putting our faith mm. in a person and that person is Jesus. So that's why he presents himself as the object of our faith. And we mm. should build our faith in his character, who he is, what he does, and what he continues to do. So other than you know, praying and reading the scripture, discover who Jesus is by building a relationship with him. You know, and that strengthens our faith. And how th- That leads us to another question. How do we strengthen or grow our faith? Right? Yes. And so I always use this analogy because it's a practical thing. Mm-hmm. Faith has to be practical. Faith has to have real-life examples. Faith has to work in our life. It's not just some feeling. It has to be active. Mm. And so how do you grow faith? It's the same way as you grow anything else, right? And so if you went to exercise your muscle, you went to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do at the gym?
1: You get a good pump. That's right. (laughs) You're pumping iron, right?
0: So you're growing your muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're... Encountering resistance and you want to grow your muscle, how do you know that your muscle has grown?
1: When you see a big bicep.
0: That's right, when you see a big bicep, or you know how much more weight you could have lifted. Mm. Right? So then you've realized, hey, my exercising has given me a result. Mm. Now, if we can equate that to faith, well, faith has to be active. It has to produce something in order to know that your faith has grown Mm -hmm. so exercising our faith is putting our trust in what god says about who he is Mm. so it's practical things in our life you know for example when he tells us not to worry we have the reason to worry we can have a host of bills we can have issues we can have family things and our natural tendency is to stress about it, to worry about it. But mm. here he comes and he says, do not worry. I've overcome that peace I give you, peace unlike the world gives you. I give you my peace. Mm. Right? So now, do we exercise, how do we exercise that? Well, we obtain his peace and we actually have a transaction where we take our worry, we hand it over to him mm. and we take his peace and put it into ourselves. Yeah. So now I'm not actively worrying. I'm Mm. engaging my faith in who Jesus is and what he tells me to do. And so therefore, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stress out. I'm actually inheriting peace. Mm -hmm. And so how do I know my faith has grown? Well, when the issue is resolved and I'm not stressed out, but I've actually engaged with his peace, well, I know I've trusted him. I've believed his word. And Mm -hmm. therefore, my faith becomes active, Mm. right? And so it's important to realize that that we have to be able to engage with Jesus and um, we can engage in Jesus every second of every day you know engaging with God doesn't mean you have to go to church you should go to church mind you (laughs) come to church but you don't have to just engage with him when you come to church you can engage with him any moment of any day in your shower in the toilet brushing your teeth driving your car, during your lunch break, at work, even when you're typing your email, you say, God, I invite you in. It's actively in developing that engagement. And as Mm. we get to explore who he is and discover who he is, our faith gets increased because we're trusting, remember, in an object, who he is, the object of our faith, Jesus presents himself as, we're trusting in him and not just in some feeling. Mm. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that will help people understand that faith Unlike hope and optimism has an object. Mm. You know, we put our faith in something. As you sit on this chair, you've put your faith in this chair Mm. that will hold your weight. When you get into your car, you've put your faith in the car that will Mm. take you to your destination. And so faith has to have an object, while hope and optimism just is dependent upon the outcome. Mm,
1: That's true. Awesome. That brought so much insight into what faith is and how you strengthen it. I hope you guys are really getting uh, something out of this, taking some notes perhaps. uh, Ask questions. You know, (laughs) if you have
0: questions about faith, we want to answer those questions for you. So just shoot them out, send us an email, ask a question. This is a very interactive session.
1: Yes, definitely. Now I wanted to ask, what happens when your trust, well, you said that you have to put, um, if you're in a situation you want to put your you want God's peace to be with you yes what what happens when that trust wears thin and you know you want to convince yourself that God is real however you're not really feeling him in your situation right now mm. how do you go about that
0: that's an important question again you know and um, that comes from again an enduring relationship so let me start by saying that feeling God is good but waiting or dwelling on your feelings of God for the long term is actually a very shallow experience Mm. God doesn't do his greatest work in the shallowest part of the human being which is our emotions and our feelings you know he does it because he wants us to know him and knowing supersedes feeling right Mm -hmm. let me give you an example of a mother with a child you know when a child is a baby when the child cries, the mother consoles the child, she lifts the child, she wants to feel close, and the child takes comfort in the mother's presence. You mm-hmm. know? But as the child matures and grows, you know, it understands. So say you have a, a 10-year-old now, right? Mm-hmm. And when a baby cries, the mother rushes to the child's attention. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the child senses the mother's presence. And the child knows the mother loves her. But as a 10-year-old, you've been told repeatedly God loves you. I mean, your mother loves you. You care about you and things like that. So if your mother leaves the room, are you going to freak out and say, Oh, my gosh, my, I don't know where my mother is. She doesn't love me anymore because I don't see her around. Right. No, you don't mm, think that because you know. Right? But as a baby, you don't have that. You think, Oh, well, I'm, my mother's out of sight. I'm going to cry now because I don't feel that presence. Right. Mm. So in the same way, God says that we need to know him. His work on the cross, his work through our life is dependent upon our relationship with him. And so as we move from that shallow place of feeling his presence, you know, and so when we don't feel his presence, we think God's absent from our life. When we don't feel him near, it's like, oh, I don't know where God is. And our relationship, our faith is dependent upon our feelings. So when we feel God, our faith is high. When we don't sense God, well, our faith is down here. It's really low because we Mm. think God's not here. But that's contrary to who he is because he says that he's an ever-present God. Mm-hmm, that's so true. whether I feel him or not, he's present. Mm-hmm. So I need to know that he's present. And that's why Paul doesn't ever say, feel God. He says, know no. God. And he says that I may know him, right? So it's about getting past that. He also uses this word, reckon. Um, in the King James Version, because reckon is an accounting term. It's like a mathematical equation. 2 plus 2 is going to be 4. four. Whether I feel like it's 4 or not is irrelevant, right? It's mm-hmm. so If I go one day, I'm like, oh, 2 plus 2, I don't know if it feels right, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 4. It's irrelevant how I feel because two plus two is always going to be four. Whether I feel like it or not, whether it's a good day or a bad day, mm. whether I'm having an awesome time or having a bad time, two plus two is always going to be four. And so that's why he used this term. He says, whether you're good or bad, whether you're having a great time or a bad time, mm. know God is for you. Know that he's presence. So as we move past that shallow place of feeling into mm. knowing God is with us, that he loves us, that he's present with us. And I don't always have to feel him to know that he's near. I know he's near because he demonstrates that through the cross. He's demonstrated that in who he is. So Mm -hmm. I can know him on a deeper level than just feeling him. Not that feeling is bad, but I don't want to be there for the rest of my life. I want to mature into knowing, right? Mm -hmm. So that should be our desire, just like Paul says, to know him. To get acquainted with Mm -hmm. Him, to develop that ongoing relationship, so to develop our faith in God, right? So that's how we do it. We we build that.
1: Awesome, absolutely love that because I know that I've once struggled with that, you know, just relying solely based on feelings. Mm. But knowing God is just so awesome. It is
0: because we can't always be there, you know. When we sometimes when we worship, we feel His presence. But then yeah. if we, we go through a troubling situation, for example, mm. because our focus is on our worry, we're not as sensitive to his presence during worship. And then we, th- we think we don't feel him, so God's not with us. When it's completely wrong and false, he's just his presence. We just don't feel him the same way because we might have been distracted by our worry mm-hmm. or our concern, but he's still present. Mm. And now we think that we're far from God when that's not true at all. is a present God.
1: Would you say that our distractions are the the most prominent thing that sets us far away from from knowing that God is in our lives?
0: I would say that distractions do cause us to be less sensitive to his voice as we talked about earlier and to his presence because you know what you focus on becomes larger. Yeah that's right so if you're focused on your worries and your concerns, you're not going to be as sensitive to his mm. presence. But that's the beauty of worship. You know, that's the beauty of coming together in a church environment. Um, we gather together and we agree together that we're going to focus for this time to this mm. time on him. And so corporately, we've all decided together to focus on him. And that is conducive to his presence more so. We, we can sense his presence more because we've decided corporately to do it. It's not that he was more potent before or less potent before. It's just that we've decided to focus our attention on him a little bit more. Mm. And therefore, we become more sensitive That's to his true. presence. It's not that he was not there or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's absolutely true. Yeah. I know I get distracted all the time. So yeah. <laughs> that, that was for me. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask, um, is faith exclusive? Is it designed just for christians or no faith faith is not exclusive faith you can
0: have faith in anything as I mm-hmm. said before Jesus presents himself as as for Christ followers to be the object of our faith right um, but you can have there's different faith things we have you know we have as i said before you have faith in your car to take you to a place you have faith in this uh, this um seat that you can sit in it'll hold your way we have faith in different things but when it comes to faith in God, as we go back to our beginning, it's about having faith in who He is, right? Mm-hmm. And so a little bit on that is that when Jesus did His earthly ministry, there was two things that Jesus marveled about or was amazed about, right? Mm-hmm. And they both have to do with faith. Mm-hmm. So the first one is interesting because it's really an interesting story. Um, so, you have this Roman centurion that comes to Jesus and he says to Jesus, You know, my servant is sick. Would you come along and heal him? Now, You have to understand the context again, because the centurion was Roman. He was a gentile. Mm -hmm. If Jesus was to go to his house, he would be considered unclean. And so he would have to go through the ceremonial process, according to the law Mm -hmm. to cleanse himself. And so people were looking on this and like, oh, he's not going to go there because he's a rabbi and rabbis wouldn't do that. But Jesus Mm -hmm. goes, yeah, all right, I'll come, (laughs) you know. And so that was a challenge for everyone listening to to start with. Mm -hmm. And but then something amazing happens where the centurion says to Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. I'm a person under authority and I have people under me that I give orders to. You just have to say the word that will happen. And he says, I understand you, Jesus, and you're in the same way. I can understand that you're doing what you're doing with certain authority as well. Right. You're living under some high authority. You're doing something based on a high authority. So Mm. I understand the principle of authority. So if you just give a word, it'll happen. Because when I give a word to my soldiers, they just go and do it. I don't Mm. have to be present for them for me to know that it's getting done because I've given the word and the order goes forth, whether I'm there or not. And it's accomplished. Mm. So he says the same thing to Jesus. If you just say the word, it'll get done. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says this amazing thing. He said he was amazed because he had such great faith, right? So he was amazed at this. So hold that thought for a second and we'll go to the second one where Jesus was amazed at this other place with faith and this was a lack of faith, right? Mm -hmm. So he was amazed at this great faith and here's the second one, which is a lack of faith, which is interesting as well. So Jesus goes to his hometown. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you would think like, hey, he should be welcome there. You know, this is family and stuff. So he does a couple of miracles and people were like, oh, that's great. But then they're like, hold on. Isn't this Joseph's son? Wasn't he the little runt running around our house and our streets? Isn't he the carpenter's son? And so they didn't believe in him as much. Hmm. And Jesus said he was amazed because of their lack Mm. of faith. And that brings us back to what we said earlier is that he's presenting himself as the object of faith. And so when this centurion believed in him as the object of faith, things happened, right? Mm. Jesus was amazed at this aspect. When, when these people looked at it and said, well, we dismiss you. We don't believe in you. We're not putting our trust in you as much. Jesus was amazed as well because of their lack of faith, mm. you know? And one of the things that is interesting in the scriptures is that Jesus is not amazed at how much people know about scriptures. He wasn't amazed with the Pharisees, with their knowledge of the scriptures. He wasn't even amazed with people's obedience. Mm. He was amazed by people's great faith or lack of faith. All right. And so when we take that away and we go, well, what pleases God? Great faith pleases God. All right. Because Jesus, again, is the picture of what God is like. So if we understand who Jesus is, we can understand who God is. Right? And so if we are to put our faith in Jesus, if we are to put our faith in who he is and his character, Jesus is amazed by that. God's amazed by that because we're trusting in who he is. Mm. And so again, to reiterate, just as we said at the beginning, perhaps it was last week, uh, great faith is about trusting in the character of who God is. Mm. It's not some arbitrary thing. Mm.
1: Right?
0: And that's important for us to discuss faith. You know? It's really important that people understand that Jesus presented himself as the object of people's faith. Right? And that's, that's something that's going to help us when we think about faith, that we think about in the character and way of jesus and Mm. not just in belief Mm. right because we can believe in certain things but that does not necessarily make it true so believing in something is not the same thing as having faith in something Mm. right faith in something is making that object the important thing so jesus says focus and lean in i should be the object and focus of your faith because that's what faith is. It's built upon who He is.
1: Pastor, those were some great answers to some great questions. Thank you, Vanessa. And I cannot wait to hear all the questions that you guys have asked that will be answered next week. Yeah, that'll be
0: awesome. We want to answer all your questions.
1: Yes, I hope it gets really deep and just get into the root of what you are, what you are questioning right now. Don't forget to send in some questions. You can do that by messaging us privately here on Transform Church you can comment down below, or you can send your question through email at info at So we really hope that you send some answers through, some questions through, sorry, because we can't wait to answer them. That's we'll right. see you on the next session. Next session. See you
0: all. Take care. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.